Hi, this is Jeanette. And Zeke. Welcome back to Oh, oh My Geekers. Geekers, a podcast where we geek out about anything and everything. Today we're finishing our two-part series on the life of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a German theologian who was martyred by the Nazis toward the end of World War II. So we're going to start with talking about his most famous book, The Cost of Discipleship, which has to deal with a concept called costly and cheap grace. Okay, to me, that sounds like an oxymoron. So could you explain what, because in, in my opinion, I've always thought that grace was free. So why would it be costly grace? Well, grace is easy to get, meaning all you have to do is ask God for it. Mm -hmm. But what Bonhoeffer means by costly and cheap grace, cheap grace is grace without repentance, whereas costly grace is where you repent. It's like if you were to ask for somebody's forgiveness for something and they forgave you, but then you did the same exact wrongdoing to them again. Okay, so what does it cost me? What would it cost me? It costs your old life, and not to make it all legalistic, but it, it just costs your old life and you now have your new life in Christ. Okay, so could you kind of explain the cost of discipleship in his book? Anything that stands, sticks out to you? Well, I would like to note that he probably did this because in Germany at that time, people were not really following God. They were just churchgoers with going because they thought they were justified by grace, but their grace was cheap. And they were believing in a rationalistic uh, and atheistic and Darwinian sort of worldview. And Hitler actually believed that and used it as a quote-unquote scientific reason for a master race and inferior races. Some will try to say that Hitler was a Christian or a Catholic or a Lutheran, but he only tolerated those because he thought of Christianity as a means to justify the end. And he constantly criticized Christianity and limited Christianity and was no doubt an atheist. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people during that time, so he is based, Bonhoeffer is actually saying in his book that a lot of the people during his own time were not even like genuine Christians. They weren't genuine Christians. They were taking Christianity for granted. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I go to church, I'm saved by grace. What? And these are the same people 
I mean, in Nazi Germany. They're the same people in Nazi Germany. They're the same people that's burning books and killing Jews. Well, not them personally, but mm -hmm. they let the government kill Jews. Mm -hmm. And they sent their children to Hitler Youth. And wow, that's the sort of things they were doing. And going to church on the side. Going to church on the side. Oh, gosh. Wow. That's a trip. And, and I know... Uh, the Dar what does Darwinism have to do with Hitler's relationship, you know, in all this? Well, the Darwinian evolution, it says that life forms will get from simple to complex. Mm -hmm. And with that, he believed, and even Darwin believed, that races like African races were inferior to a Caucasian race because they would say that the Africans came first and then it mutated and got complex and then became Caucasian. So they would say that with the survival of the fittest, Caucasians are more fit to live than an African race so the african race needs to be exterminated so how did the jews fit into this because it was predominantly jewish that he singled out well he singled out jews because his art teacher who was jewish uh thought his art wasn't good enough so he was bitter towards that art teacher and another reason is uh, he just didn't like Jews, so he basically wanted to get rid of these because he thought that they were keeping Germany down. Mm -hmm. So he was into Darwinism, and then he was into socialism? Yeah, socialism, national socialism. Oh, okay, and then, uh, and then he had a relationship with Christianity on the side on the side. Mm -hmm. And that was what type of Christianity? Well, that's very hard to explain. He wasn't very religious, mm -hmm. but he did quote Luther to justify his worldview. Because Luther was, was an anti-Semite. Anti oh, okay. he, he, uh, Luther uh, reportedly threw the Book of Esther into the sea. Wow. Because he thought it was too Jewish. Oh my goodness. I didn't know that. So one of the things that I find quite interesting is that Bonhoeffer journeyed back to America. And why did he do that? He felt that he was sort of trapped in Germany and that the Nazis will make him try to take an oath or they'll kill him or uh, he was very uh, conflicted with his worldview. He wanted to be a pacifist and he saw division in the church with his movement and everybody else's movement and they were getting into heated debates. What is that division? Okay, so during his time, during the time where Hitler uh, was this the time where, like, what's the time frame where Hitler was, um, 
Like, where are we at? Where he's back in Germany, where was Hitler? Hitler was, he was at the height of his power. Mm -hmm. Was the country, you know, in a, like, what state was Germany in at this point? Like, the people, were, were all of them all loyalists? They were very loyal, and they thought that they were going to win, and they probably, everybody else thought that they were going to win. This was before... America was put into World War II, so America, all America did was just send foreign aid to Britain, and Britain was under siege. Okay, so my question is, is when he, when Bonhoeffer is going back to America, Germany is in a state of where everyone is loyal, well not everyone, but the majority of people are loyal to Hitler and yes. and the country had just come out of a depression right or was it still yes, in it a had depression just come out of a depression mm -hmm. and Hitler had put it back put the economy back in business and so everyone's energized and energized and they're very nationalistic and they worship Hitler mm -hmm. and by now there are book burnings going on and book burnings of who anyone that's anyone not... who does not believe in Hitler's ideology or they'll just burn books by the fact that they were written by Jews Albert Einstein's books were burned just by the fact that he was a Jew okay and then at this time a lot of um churches uh were divided uh in how were they divided and and what were the types of churches was it predominantly catholic lutheran um... it was predominantly lutheran mm -hmm. yeah was it it was a break off or what it was the time of the reform after the reformation after the and reformation so, so this is yeah. the first uh church that it was the church the first, the first wave of, wave of reformation okay uh, and so they lutherans so there were a lot of lutherans and so why were they divided well because most lutherans there very few were opposed to hitler but most of them thought hitler a good guy and would get people back in church because church is like nationalistic how is church nas nationalistic well because we've we've always had church and nobody's going to church but now that we go to church we'll be good germans and that's the german thing to do that's nationalism it's not necessarily bad but when you put your nation above all other nations and even your race above other races that is where it goes wrong and Hitler was basically encouraging these churches to slur Jews. Mm -hmm. That's where the division came. That's where the division came in. Mm -hmm. And that's what what Bonhoeffer was seeing. And he actually wanted to flee that specific... He wanted to flee that situation. Mm -hmm. So he would go back to America and just live in safety until this whole thing blew over. So his main reason uh, for returning back, because he, uh, he started to feel uh, like a conviction for, 
for being in America, almost like he was disowning uh, his own country or or just his people. He just felt that Germany could go two ways. Either they could surrender and let the healing process between the nations go on and Christianity would be preserved, or Germany could fight to the end and it's uh, and Christian civilization over there would cease to exist. Wow. And he felt that he needed to go back there to help Christianity thrive once again in Germany. Well, he's really taken a lot on his shoulders by doing that, but it must have been a very heavy conviction that he mm -hmm. had by God to go back because uh, the reason why he went back was to preserve Christianity, I guess. That was his main reason for going back. Mm -hmm. And so um, he was silenced by the Nazis once he got back because he was well known. I wouldn't say he was well known, but he was, he was well known amongst the Christian community. Yeah, because didn't he have a radio broadcast? He had it. Well, not a pot. Yeah, but he had a radio broadcast and they shut it down and he had newspaper reports and whatnot. I would say that's pretty popular, especially in a socialist, uh, national socialist regime. Yeah, and... Because they know, you know, it would be like having a YouTube channel and they know what you're talking about and they're going to censor you. That's the way I'm looking at him. <laughs> he's going to go back and he's going to get censored pretty much censored by the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. He did get mm -hmm. censored. Let's talk about him becoming a spy. Yeah. So when he went back, he wasn't allowed to preach anymore. Was it just him specifically or was it a ton of tons of people were being censored? Whoa and books would be burned and people would be drug out and some people were even guillotined. What is guillotined? Uh, lopped head off. What? In front of people? Well, not specifically in front of people, but people were executed. In the streets? Maybe. Oh, okay. So basically, they were, they were going after They were after going after people who didn't agree with them. That's when you know that it's demonically charged. When... If you don't agree with someone, you're going to kill them. That's, that's, that's when you know, like, okay, wait. Because there's a lot of deception that goes on. I mean, in Nazi Germany, everyone was loyal to Hitler. And, you know, and, and here, here they are, you know, killing people. Mm -hmm. And they think it's right. They think it's okay. But yet, you know, there's people like Bonhoeffer and Corrie ten Boom and other people who are who are rising up against this and they're Christians and so there's their their loyalty is to God above all mm -hmm. and so um, let's let's jump back to talking about him becoming a spy yeah so he wasn't allowed to speak mm -hmm. so he had family and his family got him into the Obwehr, which is the German uh, defense intelligence. So with German defense intelligence, you're saying 
that he joined the bad guys to go undercover. He was spying on everyone officially, but he used it to gain information specifically about Hitler and what he did. And he also uh, got information about basically everything that was going on in Germany. And at one point he tried giving his information into the allied powers, which are Britain and her allies, but they, during the war, but they uh, rejected it because they wanted uh, Germany to surrender on its own terms and not to kill Hitler. He basically made contact with people who were opposed to Hitler and he was like helping Jews flee to Switzerland because Switzerland was neutral. Uh, and he gave a reason for that. He, he, he was normally a pacifist, but he gave a reason for doing all these uh, sort of gray things. That means that he thought that all of this nationalism and all this deception in Germany was just this masquerade for evil and somebody had to do something or else nobody would do anything. Okay, so by the time he came back to America, he had a heavy conviction to get back and do something. Mm -hmm. And he decided, I mean, and he was, uh, prior to this, he was a pacifist. He, he didn't mm -hmm. fight. In wars. Yeah, he even studied under Gandhi about pacifism. Yeah, and so here he is, you know, joining, you know, um, spies spy to spy on Hitler himself. And, you know, he, he writes a quote, The great masquerade of evil has played havoc with all our ethical concepts. For evil to appear disguised as light, charity, historical necessity or social justice is quite bewildering to anyone brought up on our traditional ethical concepts, while for the Christian who bases his life on the Bible, it merely confirms the fundamental wickedness of evil. And that were the letters and papers that he was write, writing in prison himself. And so he had a lot of time to think about that and when he was in prison and we'll get to how he got to prison. Let's talk about helping Jews flee to Switzerland. Well, it was very simple. There were a few Jews and he gave them passports to get out of the country and flee to Switzerland because Switzerland was a neutral country and a lot of people fled to Switzerland, you so know, they, like... they wouldn't go there, the, the Nazis wouldn't go to Switzerland. Well, that would be invading its neutrality, and uh, they wouldn't want to do that at that moment. I thought they wanted to take over the world. I thought they were inf infiltrating most of that part of Europe. They were infiltrating and breaking alliances and all that, but at this time, Switzerland, they basically knew that there would they would be in hot water if they wanted to fight Switzerland. Oh, okay. Wow. 
Okay, so who is Maria von Wedmeyer? Uh, he, he actually was engaged to her. Uh, it took a while, but he finally decided to, to uh, propose to her for marriage. But then, abruptly, the Gestapo wanted to spy on the Obwer, and they found Bonhoeffer. They thought he was embezzling money, but then they looked more into it, and they found out that he was helping Jews and spying on Hitler. So they arrested him and also his family, some of his family, and they took him to prison. Here's another quote I thought was really um, interesting um, from one of his letters from prison. There remains an experience of incomparable value. We have for once learned to see the great events of world history from below, from the perspective of the outcasts, the suspects, the maltreated, sorry. In short, from the perspective of those who suffer, Mere waiting and looking on is not Christian behavior. Christians are called to compassion and to action. I really like this quote because it, it reminds me so much of abortion and how, you know, how we could be onlookers and we could just kind of turn a blind eye and say, oh, well, you know, I don't abort. That's not something that I would ever do, you know, uh, but other people, that's between them and God. That would be like saying, well, I don't kill Jews, you know, I would never kill a Jew, but, you know, other people that do it, you know, that's between them and God. Or let's take the perspective of slavery, you know, in, you know, in America, I would have never owned a slave. You know, I would have never done that. But, you know, other people, they could own slaves. That's between them and God. It's all an ethical issue that some people, they say it was law back then. It was okay. Mm -hmm. It was something that was no big deal to people. But there were civil wars broke out about these or people were martyred about these issues, these very important ethical issues. Um, and that's why, you know, I think it's very hypocritical when people say, I would never do that. I mean, they pick and choose what they think is ethical and what they think is not. Like a baby in the womb, you know? To me, that's a modern day genocide. Mm -hmm. You know, just like Hitler, you know, that was, all, you know, genocide. Speaking of ethics. Oh, yes. Let's get on to ethics. Bonhoeffer actually had a book called Ethics, and it was a book on his uh, philosophy and ethics. He dev actually devoted most of his intention to it, and unfortunately, he never completed it because he was martyred. Uh, we'll put a link to the book in the show notes. Basically, ethics has come a long way from where it has been. Ethics is now this, you, you make up the truth and then rationalize it. Whereas it was originally actually a Christian idea. 
they they would put it in these universities because universities back then were monasteries and churches in america no in britain oh in britain and in america and in america they started off as... they started off but later on they became more secularized and with that it moved on and there was now a distinction from ethics and christian ethics oh okay yeah and what Bonhoeffer does in his book is try to get uh, Christian ethics back into ethics. Wait a second. So you're saying even in Bonhoeffer's time in the 1940s, uh, while he's, you know, studying ethics, um, he's trying, there was a distinction between Christian ethics and then secularized ethics, even back then, because even now, then. I don't even know if there is such a thing as Christian ethics in the colleges. Well, not in the colleges. Uh, I would say in seminary, there's Christian ethics, but mm -hmm. people were starting to think that, oh, the, there's ethics in the Bible. You can believe that, but we have ethics right here in our own rational minds mm -hmm. and they could ethically uh, give reasons and they would be valid reasons to kill a Jew but but they didn't have the truth that was in God's word. Wow oh wow that's interesting so um, one excerpt that we read uh, in his book, Ethics was about Pharisees um, that I was quite interested in. Uh, can we talk about that? Yeah, so in his book, Ethics, he said that he believed that the reason why taking the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil was bad was because Adam took it and uh, instead of taking it, he could have lived and lived for God and uh, set his eyes on God and his life would have revolved around God and his relationship with God and the things in creation that he saw that pointed toward God. But he, instead of that, he took the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And then it was all about his knowledge of good and evil. He had knowledge of this and he could either choose to go do good or bad. And that was what his life was now about. It was about, I'll do good and I'll do bad. And it was no longer about God. And what Bonhoeffer uh, connects this with Pharisees is Pharisees were not looking for God. They weren't looking for Christ in the scriptures. They weren't looking for God's relationship with man. They were just trying to look for what's right and what's wrong. So what's right? Well, washing yourself a hundred times is right because you want to be pure. So you have to go wash yourself all up. If you don't, you're in sin. Well, what is wrong? Well, drinking blood is wrong because that violates our covenant with God. So if you swallow a gnat, you have to hack it up or else you have swallowed blood and that's wrong. They were getting nitpicking non-essentials. They were, they were hacking up 
these gnats, but they were swallowing the camels of bad doctrine. And because they weren't looking towards God, they were looking towards their own intellect and their knowledge of good and evil. So when Adam and Eve uh, chose to eat the fruit, they were essentially be given the knowledge of something that they never had before. Mm-hmm. Okay, so can we talk about his plot to kill Hitler? Well, it wasn't his plot. Oh. He, he, he had contributed to a number of uh, plots. Mm-hmm. But dur during this time when he was in prison, there was a group of military officers and political advisors to Hitler who basically wanted to assassinate him. Mm -hmm. And this was the most ambitious uh, plot that had ever uh, been enacted to try to kill Hitler. It was called Operation Valkyrie. Valkyrie. So, so because of this attempt to assassinate Hitler, uh, and then they failed to do it, it led to uh, the Gestapo coming in and like arresting all these people, and then they executed all these people, thousands of people, and uh, Bonhoeffer's family, most of his family, was a part of that. Yeah, like his brother, mm -hmm. and some of them were executed for that reason, mm -hmm. and eventually Bonhoeffer himself was executed, even though he didn't have much to do with the plot itself, he was just part of the resistance and he had contributed to other plots trying to kill Hitler. But this one had gone too far, too close for comfort. It actually almost killed Hitler. Uh, there was this bomb under a table and it exploded. And Hitler was very lucky. Only his pants and eardrums were uh, hurt. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Bonhoeffer was put into concentration camps uh, instead of prison. And uh, one of them was Flossenburg concentration camp. And he spent a little bit of time there. And then towards the end of the war, Berlin fell. Hitler killed himself. Okay, we're punishing you all. You're but finished. they were, I mean, America was coming in at this time. America was coming in. And they were like, we got to get rid of all these people anyway. We've got to get rid of all these people anyway. And they, they were like, we're going to get them before they, they, they come in and mm -hmm. rescue probably them. rescue them. And yeah. then they'll turn on us and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Rat us out and then we'll get killed anyway. So it was a last ditch. Thing. So they basically, uh, executed him they stripped him naked and they led him up to this ridiculously high gallows wow. mm -hmm. and they did like a metal wire mm -hmm. around his neck and he was hanging there for quite a while because they had put it in a way that would make the pain last longer and he died mm -hmm. like it's a very disturbing 
thing to hear. But of course, the people involved in that, most of them were themselves executed for war crimes against many other people and Jews and all that. Executed by who? By the Allies and the United and the newly formed United Nations. Okay, so they were executed for war crimes. So, what would be your takeaway about Bonhoeffer? Like, like if there's one thing that inspires you the most about Bonhoeffer, um, how you know what? Why do you like him? What interests you about him? I would say that the thing that inspires me the most is his willingness to speak out against evil, even though it's popular opinion. Ooh, that's a good one. That is a really good one. And so in our day and age, what would you think is one of the most evil things going on that you feel that you would boldly speak up uh, against? One thing would be uh, abortion, of course, Mm -hmm. because it's killing of these babies. And people are saying well, it's a woman's choice, or, well, it helps the economy, or, well, well, the, they'll say, well, the organization Planned Parenthood itself, they uh, help people in other areas, so... Other health issues. Other health issues, so why take away why throw the baby out with the bathwater okay that brings me to something very interesting that i want to talk about real quick um the lady who was who started planned parenthood didn't she she got a letter from adolf hitler saying i liked your book it really inspired me she was also a eugenist which is someone who believes Let's take out all the bad blood and put in all the good blood because she was a racist. Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger. She she believed in superior races. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying at around this time, Adolf Hitler liked her books? And her books. It inspired him because... It would eventually lead to these horrific experiments and forced abortions at places like Auschwitz in the name of science and eugenics Mm -hmm. and getting rid of Jews and gypsies. Mm -hmm. And was she she Jewish? I mean, did she like Jews? What was her... I don't know what she thought about Jews, but she was against black people how do you know this because she made it mainly for black people oh she made birth control for black people to get their population dwindle we are going to wrap it up here and thank you for joining us on our adventure uh through the life of dietrich bonhoeffer the theologian and martyr of the christian faith uh, around uh, the time of nazi germany in 1940s so thank you for joining zeke and i and join us for the next 
Oh my geekers. <laughs>